the, then the thing that really sets me off is, well, once we have a vaccine, then everything will go back, back to normal. To normal. Yeah. And I say, <laughs> you mean like the flu vaccine that's 8% effective? Doesn't work. I catch if, I mean, if I had a brake pad manufacturing company for cars and my brake pads were 8% effective, I would be out of business. George Floyd was not taken out because he was black. George Floyd was taken out because he was owed major drug money by Derek Shaven. When you're making vaccines that are 8% effective for the flu that you have to change every year, which, by the way, give most people that take them the flu. Food. And you're going to tell me that this new, and they can't sue, you can't sue them for this without going through the VAERS court, which is a joke. And you're going to tell me that once we have a untested, brand new, rushed through vaccine, then everything is going to go back to normal? Good luck with that. I'll tell you what, they're going to test it in Africa, like they're doing, kill a bunch of Africans, pay them off $1,000 per person, which is the maximum that they have to spend if they kill somebody. So they already know that because it's way cheaper to kill them there than kill them here found out what the Chinese Communist Party, the Red Dragon, is doing to these people and have been doing to these people for the last 20 years in Japan, sending hundreds and thousands of innocent Falun Gong practitioners, Uyghur Muslims, house Christians, and Tibetan Buddhists. Particularly 95% of um, the victims of Falun Gong practitioners to be state-mandated hospitals, concentration camps, death camps, military facilities, uh, military facilities run by the Chinese military at the behest of the, of the highest ranking officials of the Chinese Communist Party to create a illegal sanctions forced organ harvesting business. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Truth Defender podcast. We are coming to you from the greatest country in the world, deep in the heart of the Lone Star State, Dallas, Texas. I'm your host, Paul Aguilar. Really appreciate you guys stopping in for another episode. If you guys are catching us on YouTube and you aren't already a subscriber, please consider hitting that subscribe button for us. Uh, make sure you hit the thumbs up button and the bell icon so you don't miss an episode in the future. And if you guys are feeling generous and uh, you really enjoy our show and you want to share it with your friends or family, please consider sharing that with them. Um, go ahead and grab the link down below, share it with everybody you know. Um, you can go ahead and do that for us as well. Uh, if you guys are catching us on the go and you want to check us out, you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, as well as iHeartRadio at Truth Defender Podcast. We'll have all the links to social media down below, Twitter, Getter, Instagram, Facebook, and Rumble. We even have a subreddit up and running as well. Um, it's just getting going, so we'll have that linked as well. Uh, if you guys have any questions or comments for myself, uh, for our guests, uh, guests or topic recommendations, you can shoot us an email at thetruthdefender1776 at gmail.com. Back once again is our favorite guest, Mr. Preston Dennett, uh, MUFON investigator, ghost hunter, paranormal researcher, and author of 13 books and more than 100 articles. If you guys want to link to all that, uh, we'll have that down below as well. Uh, we'll have the website linked as well, um, if, you could, if you check out the autobiography, you can take a look at all the books that he's written, all the articles as well, all the awards. It's quite an extensive list. Uh, I was sitting here reading through it right before we started, and there's a lot of information there as well. Uh, Mr. Dennett, how are you doing, sir? Doing great. Doing very good. How are you? Not too bad. We're uh, getting up and rolling this year. I hope you had a great Christmas and a happy new year as well. Um, it's It's been kind of crazy, but we're finally getting up and rolling on our end. So uh, I hope you enjoy your time off. 
Oh yeah. Always. Yeah. yeah. It's always great. It was kind of a, I guess, you know, obviously with everything going on in the, the past couple of years, Christmas is always a good kind of relief from all the craziness in the world. Um, never been a huge fan of Christmas until I want to say about five years ago when I like, <laughs> started liking it. But these years, like last year and this uh, the year before, it's definitely been a welcome kind of escape from all the madness in the world. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, it comes with its own stresses, but it's definitely a good time of the year. <laughs> yeah. It, it's funny how that works. It's It, it always seems like uh, the holidays kind of, I don't know, um, put a spotlight on kind of all the stresses and worries that, that are going on for some reason like it's supposed to be a happy time but like all the problems that you have just kind of more of a spotlight is shining on them for some reason i don't i don't know why i don't know why that is but it always feels that way every time for christmas uh so yeah it's kind of a weird thing <laughs> and then the new year rolls around and yeah 2022 can't believe we're here already yeah it's it's kind of a crazy uh thing to think about it but hopefully this year is will go a little a little better for us than you know the last few but we need some kind of an, an escape from all the madness but um yeah so i wanted to have you back on here because so i had i heard your interview a while back that you did with uh on coast to coast uh when you were actually talking about out of body experiences and i had always thought about so there's only like one time that I've ever thought that I might have had some kind of experience like that um and I'm not sure if it was or not but we'll kind of get to that later when when I tell my side of the story but can you kind of explain what out-of-body experiences are and how you came about looking into it and actually writing a book about it yeah yeah out-of-body experiences who would have thunk you know, not in a million years would I have thought that this was even true. Right. Um, I was pretty much, I guess I would describe myself as a materialist, really. I mean, if, if it's got to be physically real for me to believe it. Right. And, uh, you know, of course, I've heard of out-of-body experiences, which is basically when people s- perceive themselves as being separate from their body. In perhaps a dream body, it's called um, the astral body. It's got goes by different names, the occult body, the desire body, and so forth. But essentially, it's when a person feels that they actually physically leave their body in their soul body, in their dream body, and uh, can look back and see their physical body as being completely separate. The astral body is different from the physical body in a number of different ways. It doesn't age. It's attached to the physical body while you're living by a what's known as the silver cord, sort of like an umbilical cord to a baby. But this attaches your dream body, your astral body, to the physical body. Right. The physical, or I mean, the astral body has the ability to walk through walls, move through solid objects. Uh, you can fly when you're in your astral body. You can extend your limbs um, much farther, sort of stretch. Uh, you can do all kinds of things in the astral body. You can travel to other dimensions, the other side, you know, where we go when we die. Right. You can explore the physical world. Uh, you can see better. I mean, if you have like, you know, nearsightedness or farsightedness, your vision goes 
back to normal or even better than normal. Uh, it is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is something we all actually do. Uh, an out-of-body experience may sound unusual and paranormal. It's not really. This is something we all do each night. The real trick is remembering. Right. And we do have sort of some recall of this in our dreams, like flying dreams and particularly vivid dreams, or perhaps when you're visited by a deceased loved one, uh, that's probably an out-of-body experience. Uh, dreams are a real pathway to learning how to do this consciously. But yeah, that's it in a nutshell. An out-of-body experience is you perceiving yourself as separate from the physical body. Right. And I've always wondered kind of like is, so we all have those crazy dreams where you know that you did something crazy or like, even if you can't remember them, it was just something completely off the wall. Um, and for the most part, I've always had a real, I've always been able to kind of remember my dreams fully. It's only like rare that I don't really remember what I've dreamt, which I know isn't always the case for a lot of people, but could that be maybe an out-of-body experience that you think is just a dream because i mean if you can accomplish all kinds of crazy things when you're out of your body i mean who's to say that it's not actually what's happening when you're dreaming you know stuff yeah. like that yeah not all dreams are necessarily out-of-body experiences and i really studied this in depth when it started right. happening to me because how it sort of unfolded for me was you know, i'm not believing in any of this you know, I would have occasional dreams like everyone else. Often they were very ridiculous, you know, or just reflected my day in some ways. You know, you see a movie, you dream about it. Right. Um, this sort of thing. Uh, but in 1984, my mom passed away tragically, suddenly, unexpectedly. She was quite young, 49 years old. And I was 19 at that time. And that really rocked my world. I mean, it devastated me. And it was about a month later, we had a service for her. And I saw her as an apparition, full mm. on, right in front of me. So it reeked me out. Yeah. I didn't think spirit or ghost. I didn't, I didn't believe in ghosts. Uh, so I thought, well, you know, I'm delirious with grief. I'm looking at people on either side of me. No one else is looking at her. I'm like, what is going on? You know, I must be out of my mind. Right. Uh, and I didn't really think too much about it. Uh, but then it was about a year after she died when I started having these really powerful dreams where she, and this is how it always happened. I'd be, I'd wake up in my room as she walked in. Mm. I'd be like, what the heck? Mom, yeah. you're dead. What are you doing here? Right. And she looked at me and smiled and basically let me know that everything's okay. She wouldn't say it in so many words, but she would just smile and look at me. And then I would suddenly wake up for real, which was really confusing. It was a false awakening. Right. And that kept happening. And it happened, you know, over a period of one to two years, 10, 20, 30 times. And uh, I thought, well, on some level, I knew it was her. I mean, I knew this was really her. Right. I could tell by the, just the quality of her presence. You know when you're with someone. And then I would wake up, I'd be like, wow, what the, 
the heck was that? <laughs> you know, there, there's no such thing as life after death. She can't possibly be visiting me. Right. But I knew she was. So I was kind of at a crossroads there. I couldn't reconcile the two. And that's when I got interested in dreams. So I started checking out books on dreams. And most of them were complete crap. I mean, right. I did not like them. And ended up actually throwing a bunch of them away after I start what I did first was wrote down every dream I ever had. I mean, I seriously went into this and I started interviewing people on their dreams and what every dream they've had. And I found that there were levels to dreaming. You know, there's sort of the lowest level, which is venting dreams, where if you go through any kind of trauma or anything that's unusual, you will dream about it. Right. Like the movie you saw, you have a nightmare. That's kind of the lowest level. The next one above that would be psychological dreaming. And this is true for a lot of people. I'm going to say 80% of people's dreams reflect usually their fears or their desires or some psychological state. And so then there's a level above that where you start having lucid dreams. And this is where you start to be able to control them. You're awake in the dream. This is a huge step up. And precognitive dreams. So I started, you know, I was writing down my dreams at this point. Every dream I had, I would write it down. And they started coming true. Because once you can start remembering four, five, six dreams per night, you'll realize that some of these contain precognitive information. And I was trying to become lucid in the dream state. I'd read, read about this. I'm like, you can wake up in your dream? What? That sounds crazy. Mm-hmm. Had a real hard time doing it. Couldn't quite crack it until I read Robert Monroe's book, which is out-of-body exploring and far journeys. Uh, And there was another one he wrote. He wrote three books. Robert Monroe is really well-known for going out-of-body. And his book was very well-written, very vivid, very sincere, really compelling. And he gave exercises on how to do it. And I thought, okay, this sounds a little scary, actually. And <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> right? I mean, going out of your body? Are you kidding me? Right. Uh, but he gave, you know, he said anyone can do this. It's a natural human talent. I thought, okay, if that's true, I would love to know if there really is life after death. If I am seeing my mom, where is she? I'd love to go visit her because he was talking about stuff like this. And, uh, so I started doing the exercises he outlined. And those were, you know, we can talk about them more, but in a nutshell, they were uh, relaxation exercises, physically relax. There was also mental exercises where you basically mentally relax. Mm. And then the third step, I sort of refined this myself, was visualizations and affirmations, right. which allow you to go out of body. Uh, so yeah, flying dreams, um, dream, dreams where you just felt like you were somewhere else, uh, dreams where you're meeting with people. Um, these are clues that you are having an out-of-body experience. Would so you mentioned so like would deja vu kind of have something to do with that, like loosely related? Because I mean, you have the same feeling of like you've been here before. Like I've seen this, I know what's going to happen next. I've always had that, that kind of level of kind of knowing what's going to happen. And it's usually only when it's something bad is about to happen. I'll kind of remember what's going to happen before it actually does happen. 
in a way to where I can kind of, I guess, take myself out of that environment to where, you know, something bad might happen to myself or, or somebody that I know. Um, and that would just be because I kind of have like a deja vu moment right before it happens. It was never anything good, which, which sucks, but uh, <laughs> it's always like, if there's something that's about to happen, it's bad. Like I remember like, Oh, something's about to happen in this instance. I remember this and this, and I remember that person right there. And I'll take myself out of that m- moment to where nothing bad happens would that kind of be loosely related as well? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, deja vu is something that, I mean, there's a couple of reasons for de- deja vu can also relate to a past life. So you go to an area and you're like, wow, this looks familiar, you know? Right. So that can be that, but often it is a precognitive dream. Cause when you have precognitive dreams, you are basically going out of body and, seeing events that are about to occur because on the other side time does not flow like it does here right sequential time is a product of the physical plane we experience events in order and that's not how it really is on the other side it's much more god it's hard to explain it's it's as if the present moment is much larger and you have access to the past and the future i mean you can sense it you can see it Right, And it is especially precognition, deja vu, precognitive dreams will often focus on bad events or any event that is absolutely unusual or not part of your normal life. Uh, but often it does focus on you know, events that are sort of traumatic or bad. I think to prepare people, honestly, I think it's a sort of a, a survival instinct type device or right. a evolutionary sort of trait that allows people to sense things and perhaps, you know, save their lives or deal with it more in, in an emotional way. Sure. Uh, that's not going to completely devastate you because you had some indication this was coming. Right. I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's definitely related to all of this. Cause when I started having out of body, I'd never had any dreams, which came true. I had one premonition as a kid which was really powerful, but never really anything at all. But once I started going out of body, I would have that a lot. Uh, and it came really apparent to me that these two were connected. And that's true in the research of, you know, not only Robert Monroe, but all the books on this, which I bought. You can bet I started buying those books <laughs> because uh, that first OBE I could not believe it. Right. I mean, all it takes is one real experience of going out of body and you are done. You're cooked. You know, this is real. And I'll never forget it. It was, I was doing these exercises that Robert Monroe outlined in the book, in his books. And uh, immediately, like that week, I started having a lot more dream recall, a lot more vivid dreams really crazy pre-lucid dreams with false awakenings. I'll mm-hmm. give one, one quick example. Um, I woke up one day and I'd fallen asleep on the kitchen floor with my head stuck under the cabinet. Mm-hmm. And I thought, and I pulled myself to a standing position. I was really dizzy, had vertigo. I thought to myself, how the heck did I fall asleep on the kitchen floor? <laughs> this could, could not possibly happen. I must've been really tired. 
how did this happen? And I stumbled into my bedroom and climbed into bed and immediately woke up and realized, oh, that was a dream. It was not quite a lucid dream. It was not quite an out-of-body experience, but it was. I just didn't have full consciousness of it. And that the first one actually happened in the middle of the day. And I had gone into my room. I was kind of depressed. This was a hard time for me, you know, with my mom passing away and the whole world, you know, just being rocked around me. This is when I found out UFOs were real. Mm. So I was having a huge adjustment in right. my thinking. And I was just kind of depressed. Yeah. And so I went into my bedroom to lie down, lay down on my stomach. And I immediately felt this wave of pressure pushing me down into the mattress. And then my body started vibrating. Now, Robert Monroe talks about this. He says, you'll feel a mild electric shock. This is called the vibratory state. And it's really good news. It means you're ready to go. Because basically, you want to relax to the point where you feel lightness, heaviness, numbness, uh, vertigo, or the vibrations. And uh, that's what I was feeling. And I didn't quite recognize it at first for what it was. I thought that I had stuck my finger into the light socket. I really did. I have a light socket next to my bed. And I thought, well, I must have stuck my finger into there. And now I'm getting electrocuted. And this is bad. Because it was felt really strong. Right. And the whole body was you know, pulsating, pulsating, and vibrating, and shaking. And then pop. I popped out of my body with an audible popping sound. And I whooshed right across through the room, out my bedroom door, across the hallway, and into the bathroom. And I grabbed the counter, and I looked up in the mirror, and there was nobody there. And I knew exactly what was happening at this point. And I said, I'm doing it. I am doing it. I'm 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 doing it. And I got so excited. I was so happy. And that any strong emotion will pull you back. And that's exactly what happened. I got pulled back out of the bathroom, across the hallway, into my room. And I'm floating, you know, sideways, above the ground, sideways, or, you know, parallel. And I'm looking at my room, and I'm having trouble focusing, because vision is different when you're out of body. You learn how to see. And in the beginning, I was having trouble focusing. There was someone there. (laughs) There was a short person standing next to my bed. And that alarmed me, or not so much alarmed, but I was curious. I'm trying to look at him. I'm like, who the heck is that? And I floated directly over my body and they got plunked right back in. I'm assuming that person was a spirit guide. Right. Uh, and I feel, you know, oh, it's a weird feeling when you go back in your body. It's kind of hard to describe, but it's like water filling up a glass or something. I mean, you kind of, you can actually feel it. It's like sl- sliding into a suit of armor oh, and you wiggle around and boom, you're in. And I woke up and I'm like, wow, oh my God, this is real. I can go out of body. And I'm like, that's it. I'm meditating every night. I'm going to do meditate for an hour every night and, and do that again. And I did. It was the same exact thing the second time. Third time it was different. I woke up standing next to my bed <laughs> In the middle of the night, it was pitch black, and I'm 
very disoriented. I'm really dizzy, which is a sign. I've learned to recognize that as like a cue. Like if you're super vertigo, you're prob- this could be a sign you're out of body. And I finally just cleared my head. I'm like, okay, okay I'm awake. Huh, that's weird. How did I get out of bed? I'm standing next to my bed and I looked down in bed and there's just enough light to see, you know, from starlight and, you know, such. And I could see my body under the covers. Hmm. And my first thought was, I'm dead. I am dead. I have died. And this wave of cold dread (laughs) swept over me. Mortal terror. I mean, I thought I had died. And uh, I was not happy about it. Yeah, it wouldn't be either. (laughs) I was, you know, just absolutely frightened and dived right back in and started to feel that weird feeling of like wiggling into your body. And I woke up and I nearly forgot it. I came very close to forgetting it. I'm like, what just happened? And I woke up and then my mood went from, you know, terror to absolute joy and amazement. I had done it again. And that's why I started doing it pretty much every weekend when I could sleep in, you know, because it takes some time and effort to do this. Right. And that's how it sort of began for me. That was those were the first three. Yeah, it's it's kind of so I kind of going back to like the whole deja vu aspect of it. So that early on started happening for me. So I'm kind of in the similar space as you as well so my my mom died when she was about 35 years old suddenly uh, I was about 13 years old when that happened um so from kind of that time on 14 15 16 17 around that those years were kind of a weird I guess kind of phase in my life I don't know it was just kind of her dealing with that with her and then just kind of all of the things that happen when you're a kid, like going through high school and all kinds of weird things just started happening. And I remember having, this is the only time that I ever thought that I've ever had kind of an out-of-body experience. It's about 15, 16 years old around there. I remember being in bed. It was kind of late. Um, I finally fell asleep. And then I thought that I had woken up but all of a sudden I was like outside of my house looking at the street and then I would blink. And when I would open my eyes again, I was like down the block and then I would blink and I'd open my eyes. I was like another part of town and this kept happening a few times. And then all of a sudden I became kind of aware of like, like what the hell is going on? And I blinked and all of a sudden I was back in my bed and like I had woken up. And I was just like sitting there like, what the heck is going on? I got up, went to go take a shower and all kinds of stuff. But that was kind of like, it wasn't until years later when I kind of realized what that might have been a lot longer down the line. I would say about, I was like 26, 27 years old when I kind of figured out, you know, maybe that's what it might have been. But it was kind of a weird experience that I was like outside of my house and I would blink and then I was down the block and I just, I like ended up significantly further from my house with every blink I kept going kept going and I was just like what the hell and then all of a sudden I was back at home in my body you know obviously but um, that was kind of my experience with what I thought might have been I don't know you know I, I could have been dreaming as well but 
um it was just kind of a weird yeah ex- experience that i had at that time now you can kind of tell i mean in the beginning it does feel very dreamlike and it's shocking so you that's sort of your go-to is like well you know am i dreaming <laughs> uh you know you and you can teleport so you go boom 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 from place to place real fast uh, you could fly around in the beginning for me you know after those first three i'm like okay i'm doing this and I would feel the vibratory state and it'd pop out and I'd be like, yeah, I did it. And whoosh, right back in. <laughs> and yeah. that happened 20 or 30 times for a year. All my experiences were about three to 10 seconds. Uh, very short. Finally, I'm like, okay, I pop out and be like, calm down, calm down. And I'd look around my room and it would be foggy and hard to see. And I had to learn how to see. And I'm like, I can't move. I'm stuck in the middle of the room. I'm flapping my arms. <laughs> Like what's going on? And I had and I learned willpower will push you across the room wherever you want to go. Right. So after a year, I'm like, okay, I could extend it to a minute. And I would walk through the wall, fly through the ceiling and the roof, or walk through the door and run around in the living room. And it was very dreamlike. And I thought, you know, I wonder if these are dreams. I know they're not, because you know, this is exactly what people are describing the books once i ran out in the living room and there was my mom like oh my god mom and we hugged and uh, it was all very quick and i get very emotional and pulled right back in and that happened a few times and uh, just bit by bit and finally i'm like i try to move objects i couldn't do it i try to you know appear in front of people they never saw me it was like being a ghost sometimes you could you know do this in the morning when people are awake right and uh, I remember one time, like, okay, you know, I need to find out if I'm dreaming or not. I need to find a way to prove this to myself. I can't prove it to anyone else. They think I'm going nuts. My family was like, poor Preston, he's off the deep end. He believes in UFOs. And now he thinks he's going out of your bo- his body. I'm like, no, I really am. I really am. Like, shut up. <laughs> Stop talking about this. I'm like, no, I'm going out of my body. I am. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, you know, weren't happy about it. I was thrilled. I'm like, you guys got to try this. You guys are crazy. You would drop everything if you knew how fun this was. And so finally, one day I'm flying around. I'm like, okay, I've got a really good grip on my awareness. And I'm flying. You know, by this time I had moved to a, out of the, you know, my dad's house to a condo in Canoga Park. I was like 24 years old or so around there. I could look it up. But at any rate, I'm flying around the neighborhood and I'm flying pretty far from my house. And I came to a place where I hadn't been before, which was, you know, the LA river there under this bridge. And I looked down and I was shocked because there was soil on this cement. I thought this, you know, this is a cement river. There should not be grass growing here. And there was, there was a big, you know, bank of earth with grass growing on it and bleached, uh, cook you know seven up cans and old plastic water bottles and i'm looking at it thinking well this must be a dream because this cannot exist this is a cement river there's no way this would be a good thing to test right so so i flew back to my body and i hovered over it and i plopped back in and i woke up and i immediately write it down because this stuff is easy to forget and uh, made myself a nice cup of strong coffee <laughs> And got in my car and drove to this area, which was not far. 
and got to the bridge and I looked over the edge and there it was, just like I had seen out of body. I was looking at it physically. And man, that is so weird <laughs> to see something first out of body and then see it, you know, physically. That's, that's when I knew that, okay, this is real. Absolutely no now for myself that this is not dreams. So it's, I think I've kind of been on the verge of having this happen to me unwillingly and like several times. There was about, I don't know, I want to say a handful of nights. No, I want to say about two weeks straight. I think it was about last year, sometime in like July or something. So I, I'd go to sleep and I'd be asleep and I would wake up, but I wouldn't like my body wouldn't be awake. I'd be awake, like, like in my head somehow. And I'd realize that my body was still asleep, obviously, because I couldn't see anything, but like consciously I was awake and I knew that I was laying in my bed. And for a while I would just kind of sit there and relax. And I would kind of, I I don't know, I'm, I'm assuming I was slipping out of my body somehow or at the time I would think I'm slipping back to sleep but I would fight it I would fight myself thinking that I'm going to go back to sleep maybe I'm going to die or something that was just like in my head so this would be happening I can feel myself slipping away somehow and I would fight the urge any way that I could I would I would like wiggle my fingers or my toes anything to just get the paralysis out of my body to where I'd wake up because obviously I couldn't move when you're asleep, you can't move, you know, but I would fight it. Like I'd be slipping away somehow and I would know it in my head. And in my head, I'd be thinking to myself, don't let yourself go because you're going to die. That's just what I would think. So I'd fight it. I would wiggle my toes, look at my fingers, anything I could to get myself to wake up. I try to jerk myself. And every single time I've been able to wake myself up. I don't know if that's what that is, Yep. but I've had it like, for like the longest time and I've never let myself go not once I've been too afraid to do it yeah that that's that's sleep paralysis that's the state you want to be in right before you go I mean you are there you're ready to go right and, and that happens you know our body releases our brain releases a chemical so we don't you know act out our dreams right uh, and that's essentially what sleep paralysis is. And you will feel it if you start doing out-of-body experiences. You're like, oh, I'm trapped. I can't move. What's going on? Freaking out. I'm going to die. Yeah. Uh, because sleep is in, you know, this has been described by philosophers and poets and uh, people who go out-of-body. It's like a little death. Um, mm-hmm. Each night you are essentially dying. You're going out of your body to the other side. Everyone does this. And here's the problem. Uh, when you go out of body, it's called the desire body for a reason, because this is your emotions sort of come from the other side, from your true self. And there's a little bit deadened here when you're in your physical body. I'm not sure if that's the best way to put it, but this is what occultists or people who are like all into this call the astral body, the desire body, because it's, also, or the emotional body. And when you pop out of body, you'll know why. Because anything that you've repressed uh, will come out in full flung force. 
So there's a huge fear barrier for a lot of people. It's really scary in the beginning. I mean, it is pure dread, nightmare, like, ah, very scary. Or excitement. For me, you know, the fear just came once. Following that, I had so much excitement. I couldn't handle it. I could not deal with it. And I had to deal with anger, too. I would get really angry. Um, I would get super hungry. I mean, gluttony. I would just want to eat. And, you know, lustful. I would get very, very lustful <laughs> to the point where I mm, could not handle it. And this is written about quite a bit in pretty much every book on this. People who you know gotten good at it talk about having to go through this. And your thoughts rule when you're out of body. If you think it, it might appear right in front of you, or you can create it. Um, if you think a thought, you know, a place, you'll go there. Right. Uh, so, yeah, that is absolutely a, a sign that you are right there doing it. That feeling of just, um, if I go, if I slip away, yeah, it's done. That's yeah. exactly what I feel like every time. I just like you know, I'm I'm conscious of that I'm awake, you know, like inside my head and. And, I, and it's just, I, I've even let myself try to get to the edge a few times. I'm just like, well, maybe if I just let myself go, I'll go back to sleep. Maybe that's what it is. And and I've had times where I've just let myself go and I can just feel myself slipping and slipping. And then I just stop it at the last second. Nope. Like I'll I do everything I can to wake myself up. You know, like I said, certain, yeah. well, you're doing that. Yeah. That's how you get back to body. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> not having a good time for whatever reason, you start blinking Start wiggling your fingers. You think about your body and that will pull you back. But I would recommend not doing that. I would recommend visualizing yourself running or visualize yourself. Say, you know, create an intention, have a plan. Because um, this, often what happens is people will pop out of body and they're like, oh my God, I did it. And they slip right back into a dream. Mm-hmm. You're pulled right. But if you're like, okay, I'm out of body. I want to go see the other side. I want to meet my mom. That will happen. You'll get pulled right over to it. Or like, I want to learn about a past life. I want to meet my spirit guides. I want to go to a healing temple. I want to meet an enlightened master. Anything you want to do, you can do. And if you have a plan, like I want to go to Paris, I want to fly to the moon, all of this stuff is absolutely possible. You can do this. Uh, and uh, if you're a beginner, and you're really trying to do this, one thing I do recommend is picking a deceased loved one because they will come for you. They will grab your hand and say, let's go. Yeah. That's, that was my whole purpose for doing this. I really wanted to see if there was life after death, and I eventually did it. I, you know, I, cause I call out, mom, where are you? Mom, 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 mom. I'm running around the house. Mom, 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 mom. And she wouldn't come. And finally, I figured out you know, how to do it more effectively. But one day she did appear. Boom, right in front of me. Young, 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 young. Yeah. Oh, she was gorgeous, like my age. And, I, you know, I was losing my hair already, at, you know, age 25, 26, 27. All my hair would come back. <laughs> I, I'd look good. Yeah. She, she took me by the hand and off we went to the other side. And it was the most unbelievable experience of my life. I will never forget it. The other side is so beautiful right i mean it is a garden of unbelievable beauty with that so i guess 
I'm assuming that, you know, out-of-body experiences would be the same thing that, you know, say like the military uses when they do like astral projection. Was that, is that like the exact same thing, you know, when they, when they use it for whatever they use it for, but is that kind of the same thing? Are we talking about the same thing? Yeah. Astral projection. Yes. There's remote viewing. There you go. Remote viewing as well. Yeah. Um, which is essential. Well, it's not quite the same thing. Uh, it may in fact be a little easier, I think in some ways not, but it's the same mechanism, so to speak. Uh, with astral travel, you're actually taking uh, a part of yourself. You know, it feels like we're astral traveling, we're leaving, but in fact, we're, it's not so much like that. We have a physical body, an etheric body, an astral body. We have different vibrations going higher and higher. And what you're actually doing is you're sort of transferring your consciousness to that other dimension, to that aspect of yourself. Right. Uh, and with remote viewing, you are basically projecting your consciousness outwards, not so much leaving your body, but taking a portion of your awareness and gathering impressions, which is very effective. And it is pretty much in some ways, I mean, it can feel like very much the same thing. You can go to another area and see it. And uh, it's not hard to do. It's a matter of just, again, relaxing and allowing impressions to come not judging them too much, just like, you know, seeing shapes, colors, textures, and uh, trying not to interpret it too much, because that's where you can run into problems. Uh, but once you get good at it, uh, it's absolutely accurate. You can go places and see things, and you can bet for sure governments across the world do have professional remote viewers and psychic spies. I mean, we know this from documents released from various intelligence agencies but yeah anyone can do it again this is a natural human talent most people will have at least one out-of-body experience in their life yeah whether they want whether they know it or not it's just you know obviously it would seem like a dream to most people it did for me so it's who knows i mean there might be people that have it happen all the time and they just think they're dreaming but they're actually out there you know, taking a ride and seeing what's out there, but um, it's kind of, it's weird. I mean, I guess would you suggest people maybe, I mean, everybody could do it on their own, but I mean, obviously a lot of people are, would be scared of doing it. Would, I mean, there's no way to kind of know when you're going to do it naturally, but would you have somebody maybe try doing it with like another person with them around maybe? Cause I mean, I would never want to experiment on it by myself i know that for a fact i mean even you know just me being in bed by myself or whatever but you know that's just happening naturally but it's like actually try to do it like i would imagine other people would want somebody there with them maybe well first of all i would say if you can release your fear about the subject you're gonna have a huge leg up because you're doing it already you are doing it I verified this. We are all conscious on the other side when we sleep. It's, it's shocking. I've talked to my brothers and sisters who are alive and doing it and are not aware of it. Mm. Um, we are all doing this. It's as safe as sleeping. And if you decide to do this consciously, yeah, it's a little freaky at first, uh, but you're not alone. We're never alone. Right. We have spirit guides all around us. We have relatives who are watch over us. 
but there are people who are basically assigned to us and watch over us and help us out through our lifetimes, especially at challenging times or whenever we try to do this. They'll be like, yeah, yay, he's waking up. He's doing this. Let's meet him. And so you're protected. Your spirit guides will be there to meet with you and guide you through this. It's as safe, safe, safe as sleeping. There's no dangers, no real dangers of getting possessed or locked out of your body or lost or going too far out or anything like that. And the benefits are unbelievable. You instantly know there's life after death. You get to basically almost double, well, not double, but increase your life experience by one third because you're not unconscious anymore. You're remembering what's going on when you're asleep. You get to know about your life mission, why you're on earth, the whole reason for your life. You get to live out any fantasy you want to live out. You get to deal with all your emotional baggage, all that stuff you've suppressed and not dealt with. You get to clear it out and then the fun starts. I mean, this is when you get to go to the other side and people are healing themselves of chronic illness, disease. This happened to Robert Monroe. He had major hip problems, cured. It's happened to Bruce Moen, who had sarcoidosis, a liver disease. He was dying of it. It was attached. It was all about a past life trauma, healed himself of it. This, this happened, you know, I found like 30 cases of people physically healed of colds, of cuts. Of, I mean, you name it. This is related to near-death experiences. Right. A lady in our family or, you know, a family friend had cancer and was dying of it and had a near-death experience and came back and was cured of cancer. Um, there are cases, many, many, many cases of people who have a near-death experience and are cured as a result of it. It's that same phenomenon that's going on here. This is a very healing event. When you visit the other side, the astral body is the superior body. It's the one that doesn't age. It's the template for who you are here physically. And when you can attach to it, you can heal yourself. I'm just trying to point out the benefits of it. <laughs> the only thing that's really stopping people is fear skepticism and laziness those are the three obstacles release the fear there's nothing to be afraid of don't be skeptical you can do this it's not just for yogis right. <laughs> you know <laughs> anyone can do this who puts the effort forth it's very much like learning to ride a bike mm. like like learning how to play guitar like learning how to surf right. learning a new computer program a new language it's just a matter of applied knowledge very easy to do. And you've got to take the time to do it. Those are the three steps. You know, if you don't take the effort, it's probably not going to happen. I mean, it might happen spontaneously. Right. Uh, but if you meditate each night, you know, read a couple of books on this. And when you go to bed, read about it. Set the intention. Say, I want to remember what's happening at night. I'd love to have an out-of-body experience. I want to see my mom. I want to you know, learn about whatever past lives. This is how you do it. And it's not hard. And the benefits are unbelievable. I can't recommend it enough. I really can't. It's awesome. Yeah, it's, 
it's funny that you mentioned like near-death experiences as well because we spoke with a gentleman very early on um, by the name of David Ditchfield and he is in the UK um, he was having like his his story was he was having a lot like a very traumatic time in his life and he actually got run over by a train in, in I think it was London somewhere so he got run over by the train and he was like under the train for a while as it was passing everybody thought he was dead he was in the hospital and, and all kinds of things and then when he came back from the other side um he was able to all of a sudden he was able to paint like really well and now he paints like these extremely awesome giant paintings and he's able to write symphony now he's he's he didn't know how to play any kind of music much less write it now he has a couple of them that he's done and it's all of these the crazy talents that he acquired after that um was because of that experience that he had because he almost died his arm was completely gone they managed to save it but like he was in the hospital for months and months and he almost died well he actually did kind of die he was like in the middle there um but he had a very vivid experience when he was on the other side as well and, and when he came back he like i said he had all these crazy talents and he's still doing it today like he, he does some amazing paintings and stuff and it's just it's just crazy i guess what you bring back with you when you cross over you know obviously he pulled over all those spectacular talents now but it's just kind of weird what's waiting for you on the other side if you can just dip your toe in there and see what happens yeah, you wake up to who you really are. Some people will have a near-death experience because they've gotten off their life path. And so it's set up for them to wake up in a very traumatic way. Right. An out-of-body experience is the same thing as a near-death experience, except there's no trauma. And with near-death experiences, it's actually more limited. Um, you go through a very set pattern of events involving you know, leaving your body, a life review, you get to the go to the other side, see, you know, perhaps Jesus or a religious figure or your deceased loved ones, but there's almost always a border that you can't cross. And they're like, nope, you're going home. You cannot stay here. Uh, whereas with out-of-body experiences, you get all of that, except the border. Yeah, you might confront it, but with enough tenacity, you get to go deep beyond into the higher, higher heavenly realms. And stay there for, you know, not forever, obviously. Right. Um, and you have to get good at it before you can stay more than three minutes or five minutes. Extend it up to an hour or two or all night. But at some point, you feel that pull and you get pulled back. And you'd be like, oh, you know, it's great here. I'd love to stay here. But you know, once you start doing it, how short, in effect, life is. And you're like, you're fine with it because you know at some point you're going to go to the other side and it's going to be just fine. And it gives you sort of the tools you need to deal with this life on earth, which can be really hard. Right. The biggest danger I would say of out-of-body experiences is it kind of takes over your life a little bit. Mm. You really want to keep doing it. it becomes a big focus because it's so much fun and you get a little homesick for the other side. Right. But, but on the other hand, you know, I would highly recommend it for people who are depressed or suicidal or having a hard time figuring out what they want to do with their lives because it shows you that the life is safe. This universe is safe and you have unlimited, unbelievable potentials. 
And it's so cool because it wakes up the psychic stuff in you. You come back and you start having these precognitive dreams, start having clairvoyance, telepathy, telekinesis, levitation. There's a bunch of OBEers who have levitated. I have not been able to do that yet. (laughs) That would be awesome. But I know people who have. uh, And yeah, I've had clairvoyance and visions. And it is the coolest thing ever when you'll be like able to predict stuff. It's crazy. I was watching American Idol one day, you know, a show I like. And I'm like, oh, I know what song they're going to sing next. And boom, I knew what every person was going to go up there on stage and sing. It's the craziest thing. And occasionally, you know, I've had the foresight, I guess, to call someone and say, this is going to happen. Because <laughs> usually it's like, you. For me, at least, I'll, I, it happens fairly quickly. I'll know it, and then it happens. Or I'll have that dream, and it happens that morning. Uh, but one time, I'm like, had this dream that they were going to dig a woolly mammoth out of the ice cap. I saw them doing it, excavating it. I saw them lifting it up in a helicopter, in a crate. I could see the little horn sticking out. <laughs> I saw them digging into its stomach and pulling out fresh vegetables you know vegetation i called up my sister-in-law who's you know one of the people i can talk to about this because i taught her how to do it i'm like you can do this too i taught my other brother how to do it Um, some of them didn't want to hear about it (laughs) but those you know i I did teach classes on this i've taught people how to do this because it's not hard i told her about this and uh it was like three two three weeks later national geographic did a special on you know unearthing the woolly mammoth <laughs> yeah she, she called me up she's like did you see it i'm like yeah did you so i'm like that was that she's like yeah you told me this would happen i'm like yeah i told you told you told you told you yeah it's yeah it's that's like the weirder part of it but we have a question here from a casual conversation she asks are they asked is it true that people that have had an nde which is near-death experience do not fear death um, so I would guess that maybe if you've already seen the other side, you're just not, you're just less fearful of death or like the possibility of it happening to you or not the possibility that it's, it's going to happen, but you're just not as fearful having already been exposed to it, I guess. But what do you think? Do you kind of get the impression as well that for people that have been to the other side already, they just kind of lose, maybe not afraid of death, but just, they're just not as caught up in I guess the notion of dying, like it doesn't scare them as much anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Surveys have shown this for people who have had an out-of-body experience or repeated out-of-body experience or a near-death experience. Their fear of death drops dramatically. And that's across the board. But what it doesn't necessarily do is erase the fear of the whole death process. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, how am I going to go? You know, is it going to be this way or that way? Am I going to be mauled apart by you know, angry sharks. That does, that sounds very unpleasant. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, that's, yeah. that's weird. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I'm shocked at this whole system that we're, you know, we're finding ourselves and I'm like, what we die. <laughs> Who yeah. set this up? This is, this seems like a really bad idea to me. Right. Uh, but now I get it. Yeah. It absolutely erases your fear of, you know, ending of being terminated and never existing. Cause you know, you know, that there's, you go on. We are immortal beings. We lived before. 
we came to this body and we will live after. And it is very much like a getting into a car and driving. And you're stuck in your car for your entire life. And at some point, boom, the car goes away. And you've, you know, death is much more like, here's a, a great analogy, which I think is really kind of accurate. Death is like flying to Hawaii and getting to live there. Uh, it is, and you don't have to work or pay taxes. And no, no more pain, you know. And it's, you don't have to worry, you know, like, oh, you know, there's things about being physical that I like. Pretty much everything that we do here, you can do there. It's a little different. I will say that it's very coarse and physical here, uh, but the, the everything is better on the other side. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's much better. Yeah, it's it's uh, you know, and and I've always kind of thought this had this kind of thought like I'm not afraid of death. I'm afraid of dying. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, you know, obviously I know that we all have to go one day and, and I've, I've laid in bed so many times just thinking like one day, like just trying to wrap my head around it. And it still kind of blows my mind that, that after everything that I've lived through and I've, I've been on earth this entire time and I'm, I'm only 36. So it's not, it hasn't been that long, but this entire time that I've been on the earth, like one day, it's just all going to be over. Like I'm not going to be here anymore. Like, just like that. Like no one's going to care that you're dead except for obviously like your loved ones, but you're just another person that's been here and then they're going to be gone as well. And, and like in the whole scheme of things and then in the galaxy, you're just pretty insignificant. <laughs> you know, when, when you're gone, you're just gone, you know, but um, it's just like walking out the door. It's, yeah, it happens, so it happens that fast. And this is a, a real problem actually, because people who are skeptical of life after death, People who like die traumatically, um, they don't know they're dead. Yeah, they're just gone. And they're wandering around here on earth thinking, what the heck is going on? Why can't people see me? I don't understand. And uh, if you start going out of body, you will see these people. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes you are basically taken to help them get to the other side. Um, at some point, you will be pulled into that because it is a bit of a problem. Earthbound souls. Uh, and our lower realms, lower kind of hellish realms, very close to, you know, here on earth right. and m- much higher realms. Most people are not going to have any problem. You die, a tunnel's going to appear. Your relatives are there waving. They're like so excited. They have a party and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe this is, uh, this is awesome. Uh, but yeah, so there are earthbound souls for sure. Uh, skeptics drug addicts, murderers, people who feel real guilty and don't, you know, are punishing themselves. People caught up in themselves for whatever reason uh, can become earthbound. People who won't, they don't want to leave their house. Like, I like my house. Right. Um, there's all kinds of reasons that people become earthbound, but most people are not going to have a problem. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, like I said, I, I, I've just recently, like in the last year or so, just kind of started wrapping my head around it. And it's not like um, I think I'm going to die like tomorrow or anything. I mean, it it could happen, you know, knock on wood, but it's, it's just like, just, you know, coming to terms with it. Like I've seen 
I don't remember exactly where it was. I think it was like on Instagram or something. But there's like this girl that has her like account and the entire account is just like her trying to come to terms with like one day she's not going to be here one day and she just can't do it. Like she's like crying all the time and like on Instagram and stuff. And it's just like, girl, we're, we're all going to die one day. It's just, you know, it's just going to happen. There's no point in like thinking about it all the time, you know, especially if you don't know when it's going to happen. You're just torturing yourself every day. And, and it's just, it's just best to know that that once you're dead, like it's, that's not going to be the end. There's, there's more to it than that. Um, you know, kind of one yeah. of the things, one of the things that I've always kind of been upset with is that a lot of people say like you, if you believe in reincarnation, that you aren't able to like remember your past lives. And some people can like bits and pieces or other people like actually remember like their entire life. But one thing that I've always been kind of upset with is that we're fully aware of our lives right now. Like I can sit here and I can think like, yeah, I'm aware of this life. I know that I'm here and like, this is my family and this is my job. This is what I do every day, blah, 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 blah. Was, was I aware of my existence in my past life, the way I am now? I would imagine. Yes. But you know, you just can't remember it. And that's like the kind that, that that's the part that gets me every time when I think about it is like, I'm, I'm totally aware of what I am right now and what I do every day and day out and stuff like that. And my family and my kids and all that stuff, my wife, but like, was I exactly like that in my past life or will I be like that in the future life? Um, yeah. And I, I want to remember it, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, that's kind of a thing about earth. We come here on purpose and ha have an erasure amnesia so that we can sort of learn things that we, wouldn't necessarily be able to learn if we had full on memory of all our past lives. Uh, but if you do go out of body, you will remember your past lives um, fairly quickly. You will be taken to them because you're holding trauma. We all have past lives and you can kind of tell what they are because you have certain talents, which you're super good at. You have certain phobias, which are like, no, I'm, I hate that. <laughs> you know, I hate sharks. You probably got bit by a shark, uh, you know, certain heights. I'm scared of heights. <laughs> Whatever it might be, you know, certain foods you're drawn to, cultures, music, all of these are clues. And uh, what's really interesting, yeah, we're, we're here, we're living this life. You know, this is all we really remember. And uh, we are going to die someday. And people are like, you know, say someone's living their life and like, oh my gosh, you know, I've just been diagnosed with terminal cancer. This is terrible. I'm going to die. Well, I got news for you. We are all going to die. People would look at life as more like, oh my God, you know, they should, they should face the fact of death. Um, we all are terminal. Every single one of us. The second you're born, you're terminal. You're going to die. Face yeah. it. This, this is a huge learning thing. This is a great spiritual lesson for people and that they can really face it. It allows you to evolve spiritually and live your life and leave fear behind and complete your lesson here so you don't have to come back because in a sense we are sort of stuck in this karmic cycle where we we have to learn all these things before we can move to the next level this is a school we need to learn compassion love truth right we need to learn what loss is we need to learn what chicken nuggets taste like yeah, what, what what you know it's like to have poison ivy 
what it's like to be betrayed, what it's like to bump your head on the rock wall. All of this stuff is stuff you can't do on the other side. So, you know, revel in all your experiences, good or bad, because they are there to teach you. Yeah. And it's, it's a weird thing. Like I don't like, I pray to, I pray I don't pass anytime soon or, you know, like I don't want to die. I don't wake up saying like, Oh, I can't wait to die. But at, at some level, I kind of am jealous, I guess, of the fact that they've, some people have passed on because, you know, just like the nature of this world and you don't want to kind of be stuck here. Um, and in some sense they've moved on to something better, hopefully. Um, but do you think like, we get the chance to choose like how and within whom we come back as, or is that just kind of like a random thing? No, it's not random at all. Okay. And, um, and I'm not going to say we necessarily get to choose it because I'd love right. to have a life where I am rich and famous yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and beautiful <laughs> and everybody, you know, and no, you don't, you on the other side choose circumstances to develop the qualities in you that you want to develop right some people will absolutely choose a lifetime where it's going to be a spiritual lifetime or you're going to educate people or you're going to be a, you know work on sports you're going to you know deal with some really heavy duty karma bad karma that you've put forth uh, from doing, you know, taking wrong actions. So you come into a lifetime that offers you certain challenges. People will choose illness. They will choose being handicapped. They will choose all kinds of things to teach them the lesson that they want to learn on that lifetime. So yeah, you get to choose, but sometimes it's sort of like your whole soul group, you know, your self, your higher self, so to speak, will be like, you know what? <laughs> This is not going to be an easy lifetime for you. You know it. You know you need to do this. And like, yeah, yeah, fine, I'll do it. Yeah, but yeah. We all are given exit points. Like if, if someone falls off their life path and they are not progressing, this is when people will have an early passing. Or perhaps they've completed their mission. They're like, done. You know, I, I came here to have my baby. I came here to finish this art. I came here to learn this lesson. I learned it. I'm going. I'm out of here. Yeah. And and one more thing real quick is, yeah, it's tough here on earth. And that's why we get to go to sleep each night. God gave that to us. Like, no, we're not going to keep you here all day. Are you kidding? You're just here for you know 12 hours. Take a break. Go. And we're supposed to remember it. This is the natural human state. It's just that we've come so far down, so dense into this uh, third dimension that this has become a problem and we've forgotten who we really are. And we're supposed to remember our dreams. We're supposed to go out of body. We're supposed to have, you know, telepathy and precognition and all these not superhuman abilities. They're natural. Flying on the other side is normal. And levitation here is Normal too, believe it or not, people have done this in every single culture. There's hundreds upon hundreds of accounts. And this is what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be in absolute communication with each other to the point where there is no corruption and lies and greed and all the problems we're having. We wouldn't have if we would just remember who we are and what we can do. And that's why we sleep at night. It's a gift. And it's a wonderful way to like 
recharge. Okay, that was a tough day. I'm going to go up to the heaven. And everyone does this. They go all the way up to those highest realms every night. This is why I so want people to do this. Yeah. I really, I'm like, it will, it will change your life. There's an enormous amount of literature out there. I've got my own book. Yeah. I'm working on the sequel. All the experiences I've been having. Oof. Oh my God. Yeah, I went yeah. to a healing temple. It was the most beautiful thing you've ever seen in your life. Oh my God. I cannot, I just really want people to try it. Just try it. Don't believe me. Try it. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it's, 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 uh, kind of makes sense when you make when you said that people are able to kind of choose like in their higher self what you know what kind of hardships they want to experience and such and that would make sense you know you always get those questions for a lot of people that are religious as well that they say well if if god is is great then why would they allow this person to be handicapped or allow this person to experience this and experience that maybe that's just part of the you know everybody that you would talk to including myself as as a Roman Catholic, I would say, well, that's God's plan for you to kind of experience what that is, but maybe that's, that kind of lends itself to that, you know, what you were saying as well, that, that they're able to kind of choose what kind of experiences they want to go through when they're on earth, you know, maybe they have to go through experiencing, how, you know, like what it's like to be handicapped or have these kind of experiences. So that would kind of you know, maybe lend itself to those experiences for people that are more of like on the religious side of it. Um, you know, that would absolutely actually makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, yeah. when you, th- you know, when you think about it, so it sounds crazy. Like, why would I, are you kidding? Why would I ever choose that? <laughs> because <laughs> coming down here and having that kind of a lifetime teaches you things you just cannot learn on the other side. You have absolute freedom on the other side. And on those higher realms, there's no grief. <laughs> there's no pain. There, there's nothing like that. There are things that you can only experience here. Uh, and that's why people do it. Uh, yeah. Because this, Robert Monroe talked about this. I love that guy. I keep reading his books because I get more out of him. <laughs> uh, he says that people who graduate from the Earth system are highly regarded throughout the universe. Which made me laugh because that's, that makes so much sense. Life is hard. It is so hard. Did you know that suicide is one of the top 10 causes of death in the U.S.? Yeah. That's tragic. Don't do it. You will just come. You're not going. You're not escaping your problems. You're going to come back and solve them anyway. And going out of body is a way to sort of resolve this and let you know that Life is short, short, short. This is why people choose difficult lifetimes. Because on the other side, they're like, wow, this should be easy. It's only 100 years. That goes by in a flash. And then you come down here and like, oh, my God, this is taking forever. This is never going to end. This hurts. I want out. No, no, no. It's going to be fine. And once you know it, time starts going faster. You'll see this as you get older. You're 36. I'm 20 years older than that. And time does flow faster. It's like, boom, next thing you know, you're in your fifties. Like how the heck did that happen? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I remember thinking when I was a little kid, boy, 35, 
I'm going to be 35 in the year 2000. That's old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can imagine that ever happening. And then boom, it was there. And then boom, it's 20 years later. And boom, boom, boom. Next thing you know, you're an old man. And then, yeah, you can see, you can see that sort of astral planes and really old people or young babies. They have that aura around them. They're very much connected to it. Um, and yeah, it's nothing to be, the universe is safe. It's, we're here to have a good time. We're here to have fun. Don't right. worry. If I could tell, give anybody any advice, it would be relax. Everything's going to be fine. You're going to be okay. The very, very, very worst thing that could happen is dying. And let me tell you, it's the best thing. <laughs> it is so healing. It is so wonderful. You don't have to worry. You're not going to be extinguished. Go through your life. Live all of it. Have as much fun as you can. Try everything. Experience, experience, experience. That's why we're here. You know, just do it. Like yeah. Mikey says, have <laughs> fun. Yeah, it's definitely, it'll take a lot of coaxing. It's, it's you know, death is just kind of, not kind of, it is that, that one thing that people are just trying to run away from, you know, and it's not, I mean, I'm, I would guess that in the back of a lot of people's minds, you know, we all know that we're going to die, obviously, but it's just not wanting to die before your time. But, but who's to determine what that time is? And if it's your time, then it's just your time. And there's nothing you can do about it. So, I mean, my brother brother would always get mad at me. He's like, why are you talking about mom's death again? Stop talking about it. But we go out of bodies. Like, stop talking about that. I want to think about that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get it. You know, people thought would rather live in denial, but I think there's a lot of value to facing this, a lot to be learned, and a lot of really good things you can get out of it. Yeah, I'm telling you, once you start having dreams that come true, <laughs> you're gonna love it. When you have flashes of telepathy, it's like, wow, I knew you were going to say that. You know, you can. It's so much fun. <laughs> The things you can do, waking up to these psychic abilities and being able to see the other side is absolutely worth the price of admission. Flying, that alone, being able to just leap out of your body and fly around the house, <laughs> it's so worth it. You will thank me later. <laughs> do it now. You know, Trust me on this. It is absolutely worth the effort of doing it, of learning how to do this. It's, it's a little scary at first. Yeah. But it's so much fun it's so much fun yeah hopefully we can all hopefully one day i can let myself just slip away and see what you know what ends up happening but it's just i'm at that that at the very edge and i just can't like jump over it just i don't know i just like freaks me out but (laughs) (laughs) i get it yeah 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 i mean so you know obviously we're coming down to the end of our time here, but you know, you mentioned you were working on the second part of the book, the f- of the second part of the first book, or how would we say that? But anyways, there's a part two coming. So the first one was out of body exploring, a beginner's approach, a beginner's yeah, beginner's approach. So you know, that's just kind of, I guess, what is that kind of showing people how they would go about you know trying to get into it or what was yeah that? yeah a lot a lot of the books on this subject are you know, kind of gloss over how hard it is to start doing this. And so I sort of took it from the very beginning and showed my own process of how to do it and did a lot of 
you know, quoting from other researchers and people who've done this. And uh, yeah, it's a fun, easy read. I think people will really enjoy it. I think it's a great introduction to it. But this, and that led from my autobody experiences from 1986 to about the year 2001, I think. Right. And the second book is, you know, the last 20 years in which I've gotten a lot better at it and been able to do things that, you know, meet enlightened masters, go to healing temples, uh, you know, travel around earth and do stuff. I went to area one. It was awesome. go to the house completely freaked me out. <laughs> um, I'm like, wow. Oh my God. You know, I moved into a new house. Right. Yeah. The stuff you can do, you know, rescuing lost souls. Um, and, you know, visiting the other side is always just my go-to. It's so much fun. Yeah. So we had another question here real quick before we let you go. Um, casual conversation. Why I'm going to ask you, what does you think about people that contact the dead or seances? I guess kind of your thoughts on that whole. Yeah. Mediumship. Okay. Um, th- this is again, a natural human talent. Some people have a sort of a natural ability to do this it is something absolutely anybody can do and if you go out of body that talent sort of begins to spark up in you now there are mediums and they do have this ability and that's because they're able to raise their vibration and sense the spirits which are always around us at all times you have ghosts around you (laughs) at all times they're your friends mostly your deceased loved ones you know you may think that you're you know experiencing privacy (laughs) you're not (laughs) there are people around you looking at you uh, just so you know and some are nice and some might not be because they're earthbound but they are there and mediums can sense them and there's various levels to that and some people are really good at it Teresa caputo and james von prague and some of these you know famous television mediums uh, are really good at it Uh, i remember one time i was watching Teresa Caputo, because I, I love the medium shows, because they talk about this stuff. Right. And I heard a voice, honest to God voice, that said, there's a message in this next reading for you. And I'm like, huh, <laughs> did I just hear that? That was really specific. Because <laughs> you know, I'm, you know, pretty dense myself. <laughs> but not like, I'm not a medium, right? <laughs> to hear that was like, okay, did I just hear that? Because I did, I, I heard that. Yeah. And she was about to give a reading. And first thing out of her mouth was, does the date October 13th mean anything to you? And it did to me. I started crying because <laughs> that was the day my mom died. And it uh, just so happened to coincide with that person's reading on TV. Mm. Uh, but it was absolutely, it worked for me too. And that's that voice came to me that's that's what mediumship is you can talk to spirits but anyone can do it anyone right yeah just gotta let go don't be like me and hold yourself back one day we'll get there though <laughs> um yeah do it paul do yeah, it paul I'm gonna have to try it one day i'm just gonna have to let myself just slip away just 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 to see how far i get it's... there are people who can do this while awake by the way walking around that'd be something else yeah, that'd yeah be... some of the What's it, Padre Pio, okay. um, you know, that famous saint, he could bilocate. There are people who are so good at it, they can manifest a physical body 
in another country. Mm. He never left his place in, I think it was Spain, but he was seen all over the world. There are oh. people who are so advanced. Yeah, yeah. I've done this a few times where I'm lying in, be- lying in bed and I'm not asleep. And whoosh, I'm out. And you can still s- see your room. You're like, oh my God, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. You can do this while you're awake too. That's like, well, that's like, that's, I mean, that's years of, you know, like meditation, you know, I'm assuming to get to that kind of level, but um, I still can't even cross over the barrier. So we'll have to hold all that (laughs) for some other time, but I got a lot of time, but it's, yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, those times that I've just been laying there and it's like, I can feel it coming. Like you just feel it. I'm just like, no, 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 no. And I just don't. So hopefully one day we'll get there, but. Yeah. Just, well, just set the intention. Like next time you feel that, say, like, what would I do if I did this? What would I want to do? Where would I want to go? Yeah. Well, that's, uh, I mean, it's it's kind of weird. I haven't had it happen in a while. I mean, almost a year. At that time, I can't remember what was what was going on. It seems to kind of only been spurred on by like maybe like hard times. I guess like I was going, I was kind of going through some stuff or whatever, and I've noticed that that's those have been kind of like the times when it would manifest itself. Like I would have those in between dreams and like I'd be on the border there and, and then I just don't do it, but I don't know. Cause they're there to help you It's for guidance. It's to help you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, try we'll it. <laughs> that's, that's all I would say. Just try, you know, if you don't like it, fine, but give it a try. Right. Right. Yeah. we we'll definitely, we we'll have to pick up, you know, the books and maybe get like a, game plan going and we'll have to see how that happens but yeah i'm looking forward to it i'm not saying that i i don't want to try it it's just you know it's just kind of a little freaky at first and it is yeah it's very very freaky (laughs) in a good way (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. i'm sure once you know that first one happens and you know we'll be off to the races but uh we just got we got to get over the hump first so um i'll definitely be looking to read the first book, then I'll definitely be looking out for the second one. But um, for anybody that wants to pick that up, you can find that on Amazon as well. Uh, out of Body Exploring, A Beginner's Approach, uh, where you can find all of Mr. De- Mr. Dennett's other books as well. Um, and you can also find his work and everything on his website that he has up and running right now. Um, and we'll have all that linked down below as well for everybody. Um, that'll be PrestonDennett.Wheelby.com. Uh, we'll have that linked in the show notes. And you can find all of his work there, books and everything, and you can pick them up for yourself as well. Uh, Mr. Dennett, I appreciate your time, sir. I always have a blast when you come on the show. Um, and this was another one. So uh, I appreciate it. And I look forward to the next time. Yeah, me too. Thanks, Paul. I really had a lot of fun. Always do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We do. Um, everybody else, I really appreciate you guys stopping in. Um, like I mentioned before, if you guys are catching us on YouTube, but you aren't already a subscriber, please consider hitting that subscribe button. Uh, if you like what we do here, please consider sharing it with your friends and family or anybody you know. Uh, go ahead and share that link as well. Uh, we'll if you want to catch us on the go, uh, mention Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, as well as iHeartRadio at Truth Defender Podcast. All of our social media will be linked down below, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Getter, Rumble, all that good stuff. Uh, if you guys want to shoot us an email, uh, if you have any guests or topic recommendations, or if you have any questions for our guests as well, shoot us an email at thetruthdefender1776 at gmail.com. Everybody have a great week. We'll be back next week again uh, with another episode. Um, So you guys take care, everybody. Have a great weekend. 
Uh, so everybody stay safe, stay blessed, and most of all, stay frosty, everyone. Thank you.